We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And before we get to football, we're going to talk about our friends, our favorite clothing brand, Lamb Chops. You can check out sglambchops.com. You can follow them on Instagram at sglambchops, where they have photos of all the dope stuff they sell. And while you're at sglambchops.com, if you're checking out the hoodies or the t-shirts or the shorts, which we're going to tell you more about, use promo code CANDLESTICK20 and get 20% off your order. And I highly recommend that because when you can get 20% off premium quality clothing, you do it because that kind of stuff isn't typically available for just like 20% off whenever you want. Uh, you and I both and our favorite cast member, Nick, uh, mm. we all went to the Post Malone concert last night. We did. Um, you and I were both what? wearing our lamb chops and the beach fossils. And you, of course, the beach fossils were also playing. <laughs> um, I wore a lamb chops t-shirt, which on like a, an evening, a summer evening in the Bay area, it's a little bit thicker, uh, but mm-hmm. just extremely comfortable, extremely appropriate for the brisk, cool Bay mm-hmm. area air. And then once the sun went down, and it was a little cooler. The uh, the lamb chops hoodie, which is super comfortable, um, got thrown on. So I took some uh, sick ass photos of you in that hoodie. I need I, to send them to you. So sure, you I'm I'm wearing my orca whale shorts as we speak. I've worn the leopard print with the zip up pockets to Disneyland last week, and it's just incredibly comfortable and functional and high quality. Even got uh, some compliments while standing in line from people like, damn, those are cool shorts. I was like, yeah, sglambchops.com, promo code candlestick20, save 20% off. <laughs> and uh, nothing but great things to say about about lamb chops. Really the, enjoying the clothing. Highly functional, highly stylish, and very high quality. The leopard print shorts are particularly great when you're in like Adventureland. In that Jungle Cruise, Indiana Jones area, really, really fits Really, really fits the vibe, but they have shorts, t-shirts, sweatshirts for any kind of vibe that you're going for because the brand emphasizes attention to detail and premium quality reflected in the Lamb Chops brand, Cleaver logo, and custom cut and fit for each piece. The brand's mission is to lead the herd with original and high quality clothing. As Chris just laid out, they check both of those boxes and offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces like leopard print shorts to everyday essentials, like maybe a nice t-shirt or a hoodie, which is perfect for the barrio in in the fall when it's you know a little warm during the day. You got your tee on, but then, hey, it really starts to cool down at night. You throw that hoodie on, and uh, you got your shorts as well. They have the joggers. They're really your one-stop shop for anything you need if you're looking for original, high-quality clothing promo code candlestick 20 at sglambchops.com and follow them on instagram at sglambchops chris we need to talk about the homies over at cooper's brewing coopersbrewing.com i'm going to the website right now and candlestick chronicles has not been released for this year yet our hazy ipa which is fine it's coming they have they have right it's right around the corner but if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I need to get some Cooperage in my life right now, which I don't blame you, head over to cooperagebrewing.com and click over to beers. Of course, you must be 21 or older. 
click over to the beers. And Chris, if I told you that I was going to send you a case right now, which one would you pick? Assuming it's not one of the beer mix cases, which you can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Keg Slayer guy. I think of Keg course. Slayer. Who's not? You, I, I think Keg Slayer can hang with any other Sonoma County West Coast IPA. Whether it's, I mean, we're not we're not going to name any other breweries, but if you're familiar no. with the Sonoma County beer scene, you know there are a lot of good IPAs there. I think Keg Slayer is as good as any of them, and that's not hyperbole. I truly believe that. So if you want a good West Coast IPA and you've had all the other Sonoma County IPAs, definitely give Keg Slayer a try. Um, you're going to get wet. Shout out to Windsor Waterworks. If you know, you know, but they have a, a wet. <laughs> it's called You're Going to Get Wet. It's a hazy pale four pack. Great for summer. Um, it's a, it's not quite an IPA. It's a pale ale. So it's a little bit lighter, a little bit more refreshing. Man, the Snacks on Snacks Hazy IPA is delicious. Um, if you're into wheat ale, they have a Mellow Sunshine Wheat Ale with apricots. If that's your that's sp- I think that's I think going to be my move for the summer. Yeah, they have and on the other side of the spectrum, the Cultivating Mass Imperial Stout 2018 World Beer Cup gold medalist. Obviously, that speaks for itself. Just the beer at Cooperage is Honestly, like it's a little bit under the radar compared to some of the other bigger brands in Sonoma County that I'm sure everybody who is familiar with the beer scene is familiar with. But like, try it. I will put it up against any of it. No joke. I'm not saying that because they're sponsoring the pod or the fact that they make Candlestick Chronicles, which I would also put against any hazy IPA anywhere. Yes. Um. So shout out to Cooperage. Great beer and obviously good vibes at the brewery in Santa Rosa off airway um, in the Piner Piner area if you're familiar with with uh santa rosa sonoma county 707 say it and they also have (laughs) and they also have great food trucks out there as well so you can go out hang out dog friendly and come hang out with us there on september 23rd we'll be there we'll be out there doing a live show we'll have more information on that coming up to you as well but get your cooperage beer today cooperagebrewing.com if you're in california they'll ship a case right to your door in the cold packaging so you can pick it up and drink it right out of the package if you want it's great anyways cooperagebrewing.com all right chris you went to practice on wednesday we're recording this thursday i know you've got some takes from practice we'll talk about the preseason game coming up on saturday got a lot to get to let's dive in blue wire hey this is george kittle and you're listening to candlestick chronicles myself on not saying we got a huge show for you today (laughs) there is a radio host in the bay area there is a radio host in the bay area who says that every single show like jam-packed show today it's like no that's it's it's the middle of june there's not a lot going on (laughs) it's uh i mean i understand why people do it though totally right you gotta gotta bring just not gonna (laughs) just at the at the beginning of a of a pod next off season be like hey you know what pretty small show kind of not a lot. Not I a mean, lot I, I am down to zag, though. Like if it's June or like early July, like oh, we've already had all the OTAs discussion and we're just like, yeah, not a whole lot going on. But, you know, we're going <laughs> to we're going to chat about some stuff anyway. <laughs> I was I was just on with Sam and Andy, the homies over at Light Years, the Warriors podcast here for Blue Wire. And they asked me to come on and talk about some USA basketball stuff. But then Sam goes because it's the dead period of the NBA offseason. The schedule got released on Thursday, August 17th, but I was on the week before this. So there's really nothing going on. And I jump on there to talk a little Warriors, a little Niners, a little Team USA basketball. And we talked for the first 10 minutes about Costco hot dogs and chicken bakes and the value of the Costco hot dog. And it's like, man, this is really... I feel this content wise. One of the great tragedies of our time was Costco deciding to discontinue the Polish the Polish dog in the food court area. That was that one cut me deep. 
Mm-hmm. Like it took me a little bit to recover. I'm still not fully recovered. And I think it happened. I don't know, like 10 years ago or something, but um, RIP to the, uh, the Costco Polish dog, Hebrew the national Polish dog was still think elite. about it. Elite. So elite. The regular hot dogs fine, especially it's versus uh, inflation proof. Still a buck 50 for the dog in the soda. Sure. sure. Anyways. That we talked a lot about that. We can't dive into that though because we have actual NFL stuff to talk about. So you were at practice on Wednesday. I'm just gonna kind of bounce a couple of things off you. The first thing though, you were out there. You saw the quarterbacks practicing. The coaches take practice into account as much or more than they do games. What did you see from Trey Lance specifically, and and Sam Darnold as well? But like good or bad compared to what you saw in in the preseason game. I think Trey Lance, and I, I do want to have a broader Trey Lance discussion because there was a lot of weird stuff said this week um, about Trey Lance, and we'll talk about that. But I, I think the way Kyle Shanahan is calling plays for Trey Lance, even in practice, and you saw it, um, I get, I think it, at times in the second quarter of the preseason game against the Raiders, like Kyle Shanahan's dialing up some layups to get to mm-hmm. get Trey Lance going and get his confidence up. I, I think Trey Lance is pressing a little bit. Um, and I think he's feeling the weight of um, the discussion surrounding him. And, you know, the fact that it would appear his future with the 49ers could be in the balance. Um, and I think you see that with the play calling and, you, you know, you and I have joked about flow a lot right like the the play action yeah. to one side the rollout to the right most often and then there's a guy wide open it's it's not really you're not reading much you're just you know there are like two throws you can make like one to the guy in the flat or throwing it away most of the time and that's you know Trey Lance is pretty good at those plays when when Trey Lance can get out of the pocket and move a little bit um, he's pretty good at those so that was one thing I noticed I think Coming out of that game on Sunday, I really wanted to see how decisive Trey Lance would be. And if he would just mm-hmm. like, you know, get the top of his drop and fire a pass. Right. Mm-hmm. And there and JT O'Sullivan did a great job of breaking this down um, on his YouTube channel, doing the, you know, the all 22 thing. And and the biggest takeaway from that, which I which I tried to, you know, spin forward into Wednesday's practice was just is Trey Lance pulling the trigger and being confident in his throws. And even in practice, you still didn't really see it. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't seamless. It wasn't like Trey Lance is, is just hitting the top of his drops and firing deep downfield. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, like a, a a little misstep there, a hitch there, um, you know, trying to break outside the pocket and, and make a play outside the structure of the offense, which is fine if nothing's there. And obviously when you're on the sideline, you don't have a great view of everything that's happening and who's open and who isn't, but there's a clear differentiation between when Brock Purdy's running the offense versus Trey Lance. And Mm -hmm. uh, this we'll get into this when we do have the, the broader Trey Lance discussion, but I know there's a faction of people out there who are like, Trey, give him all the reps, let him be the starter. I frankly don't find it particularly close between Brock and Trey. Obviously the the competition is more between Trey and Sam Darnold at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's pretty apparent on the practice field. And uh, I mean, overall, I didn't have a ton to take away. It was a busy day mm-hmm. in the sense of like the, probably the heaviest practice of the week, the longest practice of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Purdy, I thought, you know, he had a couple interceptions. He threw, he threw one that was picked off by um by the linebacker. I always forget his name because he's never on my radar. Curtis Robinson. He had one in the Stanford flat guy. that Curtis that Curtis Robinson probably should have picked, but he dropped and didn't. Robinson got him back later and did make an interception of Brock Purdy on a throw in the flat. Went to return it and Kyle Juszczyk stripped him and then Brock Purdy fell on it. So for whatever that's worth, the the offense did manage to get the ball back. Um, And the interception that Brock Purdy threw in the red zone was sort of like a, it wasn't a jump ball, but I think Brandon Ayuk was running a post and the throw was high and Diamador Lenore had good coverage. I think got his hand on it, tipped it up and then allowed uh, Tayshawn Gibson to, to make the interception. I think Kyle Shanahan after the fact was asked about Brock Purdy's interceptions And really, like, for me, I don't, you know, I guess we could talk like that. 
we're at the point in training camp where there's stuff happening on the practice field and you just got to talk about it. We're all kind of in that lull. We're like, all right, we're kind of ready for just games to start. Right. We know Brock Purdy's back. We know he's going to be the starter, but like, I do think it's a little bit interesting to talk about the level of concern about these interceptions that Purdy Mm -hmm. has thrown. Like, is that problematic? I definitely lean more towards the side that it's not problematic yet. Right. Like he did a good job for the most part of taking care of the ball when he was a starting quarterback last year. Um, And I don't have any reason to believe that these interceptions in practice mean he won't be doing that. I I think, you know, game planning uh, for actual teams and and all those things like Brock Purdy is going to be throwing to a lot more open targets when Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan's mismatch hunting. Um, and running a more varied and complex version of his offense in the regular season than, you know, the, the relatively basic install they do throughout training camp. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think from that standpoint, the interceptions are, aren't super worrisome. I think there's definitely a balance that quarterbacks throughout the NFL take when it comes to like testing their limits and like, can I get away with this throw? Can I not, um, can this receiver go and make a play for me? Uh, or, you know, do, do I like the matchup there? Like, I just think there the practice allows quarterbacks the opportunity to make mistakes without really any harsh ramifications, right? Like if yeah. Brock Purdy obviously threw three interceptions week one against the Steelers and the Niners lose, then that's clearly problematic. But the fact, you know, it's, it's the middle of August and Brock Purdy's throwing interceptions in training camp doesn't really seem all that problematic to me because again, like obviously Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions were, were problem. But like that 2019 practice where he had five straight interceptions, mm-hmm. he, like I'll, I'll keep going back to that year for a number of different reasons. But Jimmy ultimately had a pretty good season, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It wasn't like he was an interception throwing machine. Picks were clear. Picks were an issue, no doubt. And they're an issue for most quarterbacks. But it wasn't like, oh, Jimmy's throwing a ton of picks in practice. Like, should he even be the starter? That was never a thing, right? So I, I think... Sure. um I think what the interceptions in training camp do forces us to just have our antennas up in the regular season as an indicator, like, all right, Brock Purdy might have a tendency of, of throwing, throwing passes that are interceptable. Let's keep our eye out for that. But until it happens, I'm not going to be like, Oh man, super concerned about these training camp picks because largely like training camp is, is more of a time for guys to figure out what, what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. an opportunity for them obviously to get better <laughs> and improve and uh and it's not the end all be all like like actual sundays actual games are figuring out what they can and can't do while also coming off of elbow surgery in brock purdy's case trying to figure out where his arm strength is what windows he can fit balls into you'd rather him do that now than weeks one two and three he had With- a couple he had a couple of throws in red zone period he had a a touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk to his left or Ayuk. It was a high throw, but Ayuk caught it and was able to get two feet down because mm-hmm. the official was looking. They had a, they had a referee there. The official was mm-hmm. looking at it and called it a touchdown. I thought it was one of the best throws I've seen Brock Purdy make. Sure. Um, and he had another one a few minutes later to the right to Debo uh, for a touchdown, a, a similar throw, but the opposite side of the field. And it was like, all right, he can place it. He can definitely place it, uh, you know, at times. And, and I, you know, I think, I think the arm strength's there. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think there's really much drop off at all. I know that's been yeah. something that's been said a lot, but like seeing it with my own eyes, it's like, no, he can, he can still throw it. And he throws a pretty ball. Like he throws, mm-hmm. he can throw a really tight spiral. There was one play where he was sacked and the play was basically over, um, but he still lofted, I don't know, 40, 45 yard throw to Brandon Ayuk that was right on the money, hitting him in stride. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of easy. Like Brock Purdy doesn't have like sure. a crazy strong arm, but it wasn't like he put both cheeks into it and was right. like hucking it down there. It was just kind of like an easy 40, 45 tight spiral and hit Brandon Ayuk right in stride. I was like, all right, like any, you know, I don't have any concerns about that elbow right now Yeah, in terms of like the way it looks, how it, mm-hmm. you know, how it feels is something only he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'll ultimately like, look, I know there's, a very, very harsh, not harsh, a very loud Trey Lance faction out there among sure. 49ers fans. And I'm willing to tell you, man, like, again, I feel like I've been in Trey's, Trey Lance's camp 
as much as anyone, but I don't think right now there's there's any argument to the idea that Brock Purdy should be the starter right now because he just looks a lot more comfortable, a lot smoother, mm-hmm. um, and a lot more aggressive and decisive and, than Trey Lance does. And the ship sailed in 2021 on the 49ers just dealing with growing pains. They just don't they don't have that opportunity right now. I think they it can't... sailed at the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah, that okay, that's 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 fair cuz he did get hurt, but they they aren't they were never going to go into this season going, okay, yeah, we're going to let Trey Lance kind of figure this out as he goes. Like they're just they're kind of past that point and we can discuss down the road what that means and the trade and did they take the right guy and what did they do? like I get that it's unorthodox and it's weird undeniably how they're handling this but they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year and it's it's clear that I that the issue is that the maybe with Brock Purdy is so much different than the maybe with Trey Lance and the hope is that Lance takes this gargantuan leap. And if he does anything other than take a massive leap as a quarterback after, you know, eight, nine, ten starts, then it might screw them out of a out of a run at the end of a window that they see closing with this specific group. And like I said, this goes back to 21. You and I said on this podcast or you said I, I forget exactly what where I was but you you were kind of like yeah Trey should just start and if that's if that's your thought process on it like fine if you want to say the Niners mishandled this from 2021 like fine that's that's great but as far as this year goes it's just really clear to me anyway where they are and where Lance is just don't quite line up yeah. And I honestly the the thing that could really help him is if he so it sounds like Kyle Shanahan told told Tom Tolbert and, and Adam Copeland on KMBR that that he's undecided on whether the ones are gonna play at all, but Sam Darnold's gonna play the whatever bit of the first half, whether it's all of the first half or just the parts that the starters don't play. He's going to get a bulk of the first half and then Lance will get, you know, the third quarter. Well, he said there's a chance that Purdy and the starters play a series or two. Right, right. So Darnold would then come in after that and play the rest of the first half. The biggest thing that Lance could do, and I think the biggest improvement he could make, is maybe he throws a couple interceptions. But as long as he's throwing it on time, and throwing when he sees somebody open and not hesitating because he's scared to throw a pick. Kyle Shannon talked about the touchdown that he threw that was almost intercepted. He was raving about it because he's like, yeah, he saw it and he let it rip. And he threw it. And so many of the issues he had were because he wasn't doing that. Yeah. And so even if he comes out on Saturday and throws a couple picks, but man, he got to the top of his drop and he let it go. That to me is is like game over game growth from him and that's the that's i think the best thing he can do to try and win the backup job right now yeah so i let's uh, i agree with that and i, I want to piggyback off that and and make our our larger bring this back to a larger trey lance discussion um there was a lot of a lot of stuff coming out this week from national punditry trey lance doesn't have qb dna or whatever um, Dan Orlovsky saying that he doesn't think Trey Lance can play in this offense. And I'm not saying that any of that necessarily isn't true, but mm-hmm. I just I, I I find there to I find there to be a lot of flaws in this conversation because the the consensus even among all of those people was when Trey Lance came out from North Dakota state and was in that draft. The consensus was, well, he has a high ceiling, but he just needs to play. He needs reps. Mm -hmm. He hasn't played a whole lot of football. The pandemic wiped out uh, his second season as a starter with North Dakota state. He just, he just has to play a whole lot of football. And the only thing that's going to allow him to develop is getting playing time. A -hmm. lot of the people who said that are now saying that based on one preseason game, 
that Trey Lance cannot play for Kyle Shanahan and that Trey Lance is bad. And I just have a really hard time with it because overall you look at the league as a whole and a lot of the great quarterbacks and a lot of quarterbacks people are very optimistic about took years of development to get to Mm -hmm. where they're at. Josh Allen was not, was an extremely polarizing quarterback his first two years in the league before really Mm -hmm. turning into a star in his third season. And he got to play. Yeah, he got to play. Jalen Hurts, people weren't totally sold on. They, I, I know people who thought he was a running back coming out. And then mm-hmm. his first couple of years were a little uneven. He had the playoff run in his, in his second season. And his third year, he's, he's suddenly an MVP candidate. Justin Fields had that game in Cleveland where he was sacked 10 times. And it was like, God, this guy's never going to get it. And now he's going into his third season with the Bears. And a lot of people are super optimistic because Justin Fields played a lot of football and is at a point where people feel like he can take that step. Yep. What a lot of those people who are saying those same things about those quarterbacks are ignoring is the fact that Trey Lance has had four stars. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's his third season. And I'm not just trying to make excuses for him because maybe Trey Lance is bad and maybe it's never sure. going to work with the 49ers. But to base it off of a preseason game where it was his first action in 11 months after breaking his ankle, mm-hmm. the fact that he wasn't super decisive and didn't look comfortable to me indicates that man he's he's got some rust to shake off right like he's and and but the way he's talked about it's like he's not afforded any benefit of the doubt he's not afforded any leeway like in 2019 when Jimmy Garoppolo was coming off of his ACL tear you remember that Denver game the first reason oh, yeah. he played he looked like he forgot how to play football yeah and I was like oh wow like Jimmy just like that really was rough well Jimmy was 10, 11 months removed from playing actual football. And then the next week in the preseason game in Kansas City, he actually looked a lot more comfortable and then looked like, okay, Jimmy can play football again. Right. Like Trey Lance has not been afforded the idea that, oh, maybe he's going to get more comfortable the more reps he's going to get. It's like, oh man, it was bad on Sunday, so it's never going to be good. You know, you watch JT O'Sullivan's video and one of the points that he made up that he made was, Trey Lance's eyes were in the right place. Mm-hmm. Seeing the the receivers and going through progressions. The problem was, to your point, with Kyle Shanahan saying he was he was happy, the things he was happy about when it came to that touchdown pass, just letting it rip. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and Trey Lance, Trey Lance was just, I don't know if he was spooked by, you know, the protection he was or wasn't getting by being spooked by, you know, not wanting to throw an interception and make a mistake. But it was ve- it's very clear to me, and you can see it on the practice field, that I think Trey Lance is pressing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the discussion. But I just I, I just can't I can't get on board with the line of thinking that oh Trey Lance played poorly against the Raiders. He wasn't decisive, he was operating slowly. Oh, this right. must mean he ergo, he's ergo, he's a bust. This is the worst trade ever. Uh, this is not gonna work out. Because there's a very I mean, there's an opportunity for Trey Lance on Saturday against the Broncos to actually come out and play well. And then what's the conversation, right? Right. 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 It's it's just one preseason game does not define what Trey Lance is. And Matt Barrows, our buddy, wrote a column saying that, you know, like he basically likening Trey Lance to Alex Smith. And, and, Mm. you know, the the some of the thoughts we've had about Sam Darnold and a change of scenery and circumstances allowing that player to play well. Mm hmm. So there's like, I am very far from out on Trey Lance. I think, you know, I, if you've listened to this pod and I say it over and over again, but I feel like I've been as optimistic about what Trey Lance could be as anybody, Mm -hmm. but I think we, the, the consensus you and I said it, I mean, we wanted him to start from the jump just because we know he needed reps. He hasn't gotten those reps. And so to say he's a bust after not getting those reps, is disingenuous because that the consensus coming out was this guy needs to play. Well, he hasn't played. He's been hurt. Um, and <laughs> the reason why he hasn't played and why he's not the starter right now is because Brock Purdy came out of nowhere and basically made the quote-unquote mistake of trading up for Trey Lance a wash because the 49ers now have what they believe is a winning quarterback on a rookie contract. Right. So it's... If not for Brock Purdy, Trey Lance would be the starter and the conversation would be entirely different and he would be getting the reps he needs. And then we would actually be able to evaluate him over an actual sample size and say, mm-hmm. 
okay, as a starter for a year or two, we now have a full body of work of what Trey Lance can be. Whereas Trey came out, everybody knew he needed reps. And now the entire football punditry is saying, up, oh, there's no way he's got it based on one preseason game where we've seen right. so many players look bad in the preseason and then suddenly turn it around and grow and get better and get more comfortable. Yet Trey Lance isn't getting afforded that opportunity. And to me, like, I feel bad for the guy. He And it's obviously he shouldn't be paying attention to any of it. But I just I, I think the conversation has, has gone off the rails about the quarterback situation both directions. Like, I sure. don't think I do not think Trey Lance is better than Brock Purdy right now. I do not think Trey Lance should be the starting quarterback right now. But I also think all this conversation about Trey Lance being a bust and mm-hmm. and never going to be good because of how I played Sunday in the regular in the preseason game against the Raiders like that to me is widely off base also. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm up. I'm open minded to any sort of outcome here. Maybe they trade him. Maybe mm-hmm. they cut him. Maybe they keep him as their third stringer. Maybe he still be. Maybe he still has a chance to beat out Sam Darnold as a second string. But the fact that oh Trey Lance played poorly in a preseason game with no other starters, his first action in eleven months, the book is closed and he and he's not going to be. You know we know everything we need to know about Trey. I just I just flatly reject that logic. Yeah, he there's not enough tape on the guy. If he had started 17 games last year and they went six and 11 and he didn't look a lot better and then he looked like that in week one of the preseason, okay, fine. And if your angle on it is that, you know what, this just is never going to work out with Trey Lance and the 49ers, then like, okay, if that's things change all the time, especially in this Niners quarterback room, but like, okay, that's fine. When you look at what he needs to do to get better is play. Where the team is at, trying to win a Super Bowl, not in a develop a quarterback space. And the fact that he's on the third year of his four-year rookie deal. like Yeah, the clock's kind of running out. But that does not mean that Trey Lance is never going to be a good player. Or that the, the 49ers hate him. Or that he's a bust or whatever you want to say. It's just like, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten a real opportunity in the NFL yet. So that's just where it is. And I know on, on your first takes and your, whatever the one on Fox is called, or if if I, I understand that when you're in the, in the national media, you have to reach the conclusion before everybody else and have your take. And that's fine. And maybe those people who say Trey Lance is a bust and he's never going to be good, maybe they're right. Maybe he'll never be good. But there's not nearly enough evidence to reach that conclusion. And it's a guess right now. That game where Justin Fields got sacked 10 times against the Browns. It was really bad. It was really bad. And there was like a, a pretty large sample of Justin Fields rookie year where it's like, man, this is pretty rough from a passing mm-hmm. perspective it was pretty rough last year too it was pretty rough at times last year but he also showed signs particularly as a runner now right the light saying, bulb came on the light bulb came on a little bit but that only came because of how many starts he had and right. how many games he played right and right. trey lance has four starts right and he's never made more than two consecutively right so like i just find it patently like i i, I just find it unfair that it's like we all knew that Trey Lance needed reps. Trey Lance never got those reps. And now we're making judgments like we know what he is based on a preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Chris. We're going to talk about our favorite brand, Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com. You can follow them on Instagram, at SGLambchops. They're a Minnesota-based fashion brand founded in 2012. And they are now our favorite brand, the official brand of Candlestick Chronicles. Comfort, quality, style. Check, check, check. Those three boxes, if those are the things you're looking for in your clothing, um, mm-hmm. can't recommend lamb chops enough. I'm wearing a pair of mesh shorts right now. They're yeah. extremely comfortable, What's extremely the stylish. Uh, these are the These are the werewolves. Um, where I think they're just regular wolves. Well, they're wolves. I mean, they look like. You Do could... you believe those wolves transform into people? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're no, you're right. Maybe they do. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that they don't. Yeah, you can't prove that they're not that. <laughs> we'll um, have to ask. We'll have to ask our guys. But it's just regular wolves. Okay, fair enough. Um, extremely comfortable, high quality. I've I've worn them warm to disneyland the zippered pockets on the shorts the best phenomenal the best the joggers phenomenal the The hoodies phenomenal it's all great stuff yeah they got t-shirts hoodies shorts any season lamb chops has got something for you whether you want the loud and flashy whether you're more into the understated styles lamb chops is going to have something for you so go to sglambchops.com right now and use promo code candlestick 20 to get 20% off your order to check out some of those styles when they are released. Follow them on Instagram at SG Lamb Chops. The brand emphasizes attention to detail and premium quality that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand cleaver logo and custom cut and fit for each piece. The brand's mission is to lead the herd with original and high-quality clothing. Check and check. They offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to everyday essentials. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 at lambchops.com today. You know, I, I'm i open, like I said, I think there are tons of outcomes that are on the table mm-hmm. to me. The most likely one is he makes the team and he's the second or third string quarterback, probably going to be the third string quarterback mm-hmm. and that they might be able to trade him in the off season because I don't think, I don't think they're in a situation where if they're down to their third string quarterback, that they can, that Brandon Allen's like more likely to win them a playoff game. That's okay. That uh, and that's the other aspect of this is Greg Papa, the Warriors, or I'm sorry, the the 49ers radio voice, who's been who did the game on in the the preseason game on TV. He said the other day that he thinks that it's Brandon Allen v Trey Lance that is actually being evaluated, and Sam Darnold's the backup, no matter what. And even if that's the case. If they wind up keeping Brandon Allen over Trey Lance, uh, that to me is an unjustifiable move. Even if you think that like Brandon Allen's not winning a, a Super Bowl, and if you're in a position where, hey, you fell backwards into Trey Lance being the starter after week seven because Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy both got hurt, and hey, here's your runway to see if see what he can do with with 10 starts you take that over okay got to get brandon allen there if that's that i i would be stunned if they cut or traded trey lance for nothing to keep brandon allen yeah and it would be a clear sign reinforcing something that I think we already assumed to be true with Kyle Shanahan in that he thinks he can win 
with a quarterback that operates his system and operating the system is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is like, and that's the whole idea behind Kyle Shanahan's supposed infatuation with Kirk cousins, right? Runs the shit out of the system. He can run the system. He can make the right reads. He can make the right throws. He can let it rip timing, all of that stuff. Kyle Shanahan, I think one of the, the, that I think that's one of the themes, one of the most important themes of his era as 49ers head coach. It's the emphasis on the system less so than the player's ability to just go do your thing, make plays. You know, like one of the reasons why I was a little bit dubious about the Aaron Rodgers stuff, right? Like when Aaron Rodgers was on his way out of Green Bay and the 49ers called the Packers before drafting Trey Lance. Like maybe, you know, maybe that would be something they would be interested in. Aaron Rodgers loves having autonomy to, you know, make play, make, make audibles, um, you know, hot routes, all of those things Mm -hmm. sort of tailor the offense to exactly how he likes it. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, as a head coach who's coaching that guy, you need to sacrifice a little bit of control. You need to just say, all right, I'm going to let this four-time MVP, you know, call the plays he wants to call. He's the one out there making the throws. Give him that freedom. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kyle Shanahan, to me, never seems like that type of coach. It's always like, no, my system, if you run my system well, everything's going to work. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not going to, we're not going to live and die by a player freelancing. Right. And I think Patrick Mahomes is sort of that perfect balance in Kansas City Mm -hmm. to where like he makes a ton of plays, Mm -hmm. but also also plays within the structure of Andy Reid's offense. And Andy Reid does a really good job of striking that balance. Whereas with Kyle Shanahan's always his whole thing is like run the system. And the system will work for you. And that's the most important thing. The interesting thing is I don't think Kyle Shanahan's so rigid that he believes offense should be done one way and one way only. And this is the way to do offense. That's not the, the issue he's gotten to this point, And the reason he gets the gets as highly touted as he does and gets the, you know, quote unquote genius label that he gets is because of that flexibility and because of his adaptability. But that said, if he tailors an offense to a player in this case, Trey Lance, let's say if he, Taylor's an offense to Trey Lance. Trey Lance needs to run that perfectly because Shanahan's going to have it set up in a way that, hey, this is the way that's the best to move the ball with Trey Lance at quarterback. And if you can't do that, then they're going to do something else. So I ultimately... (laughs) I want to touch on the this is the worst trade of all time take. I forget who even said it. But somebody, I think it I think it might have been Marcus Spears from ESPN, said that the Trey Lance trade is the worst NFL trade of all time. Or the trade up to go get Trey Lance. And is that still the take if they win the Super Bowl this year? Brock Purdy starts 17 games and they go win the Super Bowl? Is that still the take? They've been to two NFC title games since trading for this guy. And it's going to go down as the worst trade in NFL history? I mean, to me, as bad as you... As bad as you want to view... Like, okay. Think about it this way. If Trey Lance was having the level of success that Brock Purdy had last year, we would all be going into the season being like Trey Lance is an MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. Right. So as bad as like the Trey Lance trade and situation seems to be in a vacuum, the fact that Trey Lance invested three first round picks to go get him, and he's not the starting quarterback and it doesn't look like he's going to be the starting quarterback anytime soon. As bad as that all seems, it's all washed out by the fact that they think they have a winning quarterback with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Now, if Brock Purdy ends up, you know, turning into a pumpkin this year, 
and is, it ends up not being a, a quarterback capable of winning a Super Bowl or at least contending, then I think the heat on the Trey Lance trade comes back because yes. it's compound. It's compounded by the idea, man, you didn't develop Trey Lance because you were all in on Brock Purdy, and now Brock mm-hmm. Purdy is not good, right? But my sense is, and like you know, it's not a unique take, and you can see it by reading, you know, read Albert Breer, read anything that Kyle Shanahan says about Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan loves Brock Purdy, and everybody in the building is extremely confident that Brock Purdy can play, mm-hmm. can replicate that level he played on last year, and even get better. And mm-hmm. if he does, and Brock Purdy is a winning franchise type quarterback that completely counterbalances how bad the Trey Lance situation is right because you went from you know on the other side of the spectrum you went all in on Trey you invested uh three first round picks to go up and get him it's not working out but on the very other end of the investment spectrum you draft a quarterback with the last pick in the draft and he ends up being that dude that you thought Trey Lance could help you or, or could turn into. To me, it's a wash. And then it's like, okay, yeah, it was bad, but like they're still in a good spot. Right. It becomes if if Brock Purdy becomes the player they thought Trey Lance is going to be, and Brock Purdy is the reason that they're in the Super Bowl conversation every year for the next 20 years, it goes down as one of the best draft picks of all time. Right. So <laughs> I don't, I just, the, it's really weird and I understand it a little bit because of the direction the NFL is going and how quarterback centered it is. And I get that and I understand it. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I understand why, but (laughs) the 49ers are talked about like this team that like they're the jets and they haven't been to the playoffs in 13 years or whatever it's been for, for New York. And they're getting talked about like that because of what's happening in their quarterback room. Yet they're still a Super Bowl favorite in Vegas. And they're still loaded. And they're still heavily favored to win their division. It's just such a weird, it's a weird because I I I get the I I get where people are trying to go with the Trey Lance thing and it being such an awful trade. And like, okay, like, like I, fo- I follow right up until the goal is to win. And they've, <laughs> they've gone to the NFC championship game twice. Right. Like, it's just it's, a, it's a weird, it, it's, it's all confounding. It's all very weird. Yeah. And like, you can, if, if you want to play the results, just, just say Fournier's made the, made the trade for Trey Lance. Yeah. That hasn't worked. But in the two years, since making that trade, they've gone to the NFC Championship game both times. Yeah. So, like, they're not in that bad of a spot. It's a weird... It's such a weird... It's such a weird situation. It's really... It just doesn't if, happen. It doesn't happen. If Brock Purdy's good, everything's fine. Like, ultimately, it doesn't matter. Yes. If Brock yes. Purdy's good, playoff-level quarterback, Pro Bowl-level quarterback, the guy that he looked like he was last year... Mm-hmm. then all this is moot and it doesn't matter. Brock Purdy is a quarterback for the foreseeable future. They trade Trey Lance in the offseason. They get a pick. They got their quarterback. It wasn't the way they initially planned to get their quarterback, but they ended up getting him. To me, then it's then it's it's fine. Things are okay. Obviously, they're they're a contending team. If they if they if, hoist a Lombardi trophy this year and are in the conversation again for the next 15, nobody's gonna go, yeah, but that trade. <laughs> Well, no, there's still will people will. Still okay, well then that, that those people are done. But if Brock Purdy's not good and right. turns into a pumpkin, and your bet on Brock Purdy comes at the expense of developing Trey Lance, mm-hmm. then you're at a point where, like, okay, at what point do we start talking job security with Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, but and that's the other thing. He that- has a ton of equity. I'm not saying like we're close to that point. But man, if they fall on their face this year and it ends up being a 2020 season, 2020 type season without the injuries, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, Brock's just not good. I think Brock's going to be good. Like, I, I want that to be clear. But we we have to be open to the possibility of him not being good, and the scenario being, man, <laughs> they they put all their eggs in the Brock basket. It didn't work, and now you have this Trey Lance situation where he didn't he didn't really work either. He could. <laughs> 
because is, because you is, made the bet on Brock Purdy. It's kind of getting off the rails here, but <laughs> Brock Purdy could be good, but also just not good enough to win a Super Bowl. There's a very real chance that they're sitting here after the 2025 season going, uh, we're in the same spot we were with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Where it's winning a lot of games, but you know what? Go up against Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, whoever, and just not quite over the hump. And and then we wonder if Steve Young will allow Kirk Cousins to wear his number eight with the 49ers. <laughs> That's coming up this offseason if they struggle. <laughs> That's sooner than 2025. Now, I don't know. It's. I get I get people that want Trey Lance to succeed and wanted to see him succeed. And they're big believers in him. I, I'm with like I'm on that train. Same church, same pew to borrow a phrase from Lorenzo Neal. But. I also think based on what we saw from Brock Purdy last year, where the 49ers scored 33 and a half points a game when he was a starter and they made it to the NFC championship game and they didn't lose a game that he played in and was healthy from week 13 on. If they had just started Trey Lance this year and he doesn't develop and it turns out that he's not very good. Then we're all looking at Kyle Shanahan going, you had a guy who was undefeated and scoring 33 and a half points a game. What are you doing? Like that would be the that would be the conversation. It's like, why were they so headstrong on starting their number three overall pick? You gotta go with the that would be the conversation then. So when yeah, when a team doesn't win, spot. it's you know, it's convenient to just go find go find all the counter arguments, be like, yeah, in hindsight. Also, winning a Super Bowl is so goddamn hard. Winning I think it's a- it's probably the hardest among all the like the hardest championship to win among American pro sports. Would you agree? Pro- yeah, probably. It just, just yeah, I, yeah, because it's really hard to Patrick Mahomes lost the Super Bowl, man, and he looks unbeatable. Right, he lost an AFC title game in a year where he threw fifty touchdowns and looked unstoppable. He lost that game at home. And so much weird stuff. The 49ers have had the best team. Over the last, since 2011, since the Jim Jim Harbaugh's first year, they've had the best team in the NFL, I think, like three or four times. And they have zero titles to show for it. It is so oh. hard to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's, maybe they never win one under Kyle Shanahan, but. I think they will. That's, I, I would, I man, think, I, <laughs> if Kyle Shanahan. I think they're going to win this year. You don't That's think they're going to win a Super Bowl no, this I year? Do. You do think they're going to win the Super yeah. Bowl this year? They have a Super Bowl vibe. Yeah, I kind of agree. And that's kind of the thing that's getting, I mean, maybe the quarterback conversation. It, it is... feels like they're flying under the radar because every time you see like people talk power rankings, it's like, yeah, the 49ers, you have to throw them in there, but what the hell is going on with their quarterback room? Like that's the that's it's just they get tossed out because they don't have Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or I'm trying to pick an NFC quarter Jalen Hurts. They don't have an MVP candidate at quarterback, so they don't count. Well, and I might. just kind of think that they might. They might. Yeah, if Trey Lance gets in there. <laughs> oh, Sam Darnold. Did you notice? <laughs> did you notice? That's the funniest outcome, right? Sam Darnold winds up playing in the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl. Yes, unquestionably. Or they trade they trade for Kirk Cousins midseason and then win the Super Bowl. That's funnier than Sam Darnold. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is. <laughs> Did you notice anything non-quarterback related at practice? Since I was going to bounce a bunch of stuff off you here, but now we've been doing this for an hour. So, um, I think Jalen Graham's good. The linebacker. Hmm. Um, I think he, I think he, yeah, out of Purdue, he just looks like, like an NFL player. Like if you, if you were to tell me like, oh, that dude was like a fourth round pick, I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. He looks like like somebody. There's, there's certain, this is such a, uh, this feels like, this is a Bill Simmons thing and I hate it, but it's a Bill Simmons way of thinking. Just, you can tell the way a guy moves even among second and third stringers. And that's where Jalen Graham was at on Sunday in the preseason opener. 
you could just see like, oh, this guy is just a little bit better than a bunch of the people on the field right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I just think you can do some stuff. By like the way, feel- did you get a new comb? Your hair looks great. <laughs> um, uh, Inside joke on the pod. Yeah, sorry. Jalen Graham. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that offline. But no, I think Jalen Graham looks good. I thought Javon Kinlaw, like, obviously you, you see the preseason game on TV and stuff. Do you remember when Javon Kinlaw was drafted and, like, he first started playing football with the 49ers and his legs were just massive? Mm-hmm. Like the biggest legs you've they ever were seen. Out like cartoonish. Yeah. Like he like looks skinny now. Mm-hmm. Like, like his legs are dramatically slimmed down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to see how that helps him because I, I actually had the thought like, you know, Eric Armstead doesn't have this problem because he plays with really good leverage, right? As mm-hmm. like a six, eight guy. Mm-hmm. But with Kinlaw, I'm like, man, is is did he get too skinny to to be like a <laughs> to be like a guy who's going to take on two blocks, yeah, potentially and like plug the run and you know I, obviously the I think the speltness will <laughs> help him as a pass rusher, but um, he he looks dramatically different and mm. I I think it's a good thing the way he's talked about it seems like it's it's a good thing and he's practicing a lot better his, his availability has obviously improved mm-hmm. um there was one rep where uh Robert Beal our guy Bob Beal he hasn't been practicing much because of an injury but yeah he was getting some reps with the first team and I don't know if I, I don't know if like we should read into that at all um but the rookie fifth round pick like Definitely looks apart. Like athletically, mm-hmm. you could see why he was such a high level recruit. Yeah. And I do wonder like what the potential upside could be there. And I'm not talking about like short term. I'm talking more like next year, the year after that. Mm-hmm. Can Chris Kosarek have his effect or his impact on on Bob Beal the way he's had other guys? Because that you get like a good edge rusher in the fifth round. That's gold. That's a that's a serious serious come up, and they mm-hmm. need another edge rusher. And obviously Nick yeah. Bosa wasn't there. Um, there's there's no news on that. I think again we're probably like next week is probably that point where you start to be like, all right, if he's not coming soon, then maybe this is problematic. Because my whole thing with Bosa, and I think we said it before, but it's like if his holdout prevents him from like getting calloused during training camp right or getting at least like if he can only play 20 snaps in the season opener because mm-hmm. he signs the tuesday you know before the the steelers game september 5th or whatever that's going to be mm-hmm. if he signs tuesday and gets three days of practice and only plays 20 snaps because he's not like in actual football shape which is different i know he's a workout warrior and like nobody worries about what shape he's in all that stuff football shape is different gotta build up that callus dog yeah that's what i'm saying so if he's only getting if he only gets three practices and then he plays 20 or 30 snaps and the niners lose and the defense gives up 24 points then it's like all right nick bose's holdout was pretty detrimental so i'm curious to see exactly when it gets done and how much practice time he's able to get back i think they're going to do it but we're now getting to the point going into you know we're talking two days before the second preseason game after saturday like now the clock is ticking in my opinion on on nick Bosa getting into camp so they have saturday they'll have sunday off and then they'll practice monday right yeah monday Monday, Tuesday. tuesday wednesday probably and then and then the third preseason game friday so if he if they don't have anything done, Saturday is my cutoff for this being no deal. No deal to small deal. I'm in small deal, was in no deal. Now I'm in small. It gets to big deal if there's not something by Monday for me. Monday the 21st? Yeah. Yeah. Monday because that because that's, that's three weeks that he would get three weeks of practice correct if he returned to the and team that's on what Monday. that's the mark that John Lynch sent or said when he talked about this in his press conference said I needed three weeks as a player 
Like, all right. So that three week mark. Yeah. I think that's if, fair. If he's not back in practice Monday, big deal for me. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think there's a real possibility, Ambry Thomas, like Diamador Lenore might do the thing where in base packages mm-hmm. he's outside and a nickel moves inside. Inside, yeah. With Ambry Thomas coming on the field essentially as a third corner. If the 49ers wind up with two starting corners from that 2021 draft where midway through the 2021 season, it was like, wow, neither of these guys can play. That would be pretty incredible. It would like Ambry Thomas looks like a a vastly different guy. So that, that could be, you know, I don't know if he'll be good if he's in that role, but I think, you know, it's pretty clear that they're not just they're not just writing in Isaiah Oliver as the guy because they well, might that's... they might think their best three guys on the field are Ward, Lenore, and and Thomas more so than Ward, Oliver, and Lenore. Yeah. Because they just, you know, they might not love what they're seeing from Oliver at this point. Yeah. And it sounded when Steve Wilkes talked about Isaiah Oliver back in June, he said this was the guy, it might have been May, whatever it was, sometime this offseason. He said this was the best nickel corner available. I'm super familiar with him because of being in the NFC South, and he's a really good player, and he can do all this stuff. And then he played in the preseason opener, and he wasn't very good. So it's not a layup for him, for sure. And Sam Womack might might hop in that mix some point too. Yeah. Don't sleep on AJ Parker. Lions yeah. legend. Yeah. Um predictions Mac- for Saturday. Christian McCaffrey looks good. Ty Davis Price looks good. Um, the fact that Jordan Mason dropped a screen pass in the game and then the other day at practice dropped another one. That's not great. Correct. Don't love that. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, predictions for Saturday? <laughs> I think Brock Purdy's going to play a series. Yeah, I think he'll get a series. Like if if they if his first drive is a long like eight play field goal drive or an eight play touchdown drive, I think it's one drive. Yeah, if it's like three it's... and out or one first down and then punt, I think he'll get two the... two drives. The I'm going to say problem here. The quote-unquote problem with starting Brock Purdy is you also then have to start your entire first-team offensive line. Yeah. And that's and that's fine, but their whole thing is health and getting out of this healthy, which is why they're trying to keep as many starters as they can out. So you can't just throw Purdy in there and say, hey, go get six plays and then we'll get you out of there because you have to also make sure that he's going to stay upright. So you what have to if, put your offensive line in front of him. What if it's the starting offensive line with the exception of Trent Williams? Are you still oh, playing Brock I'm Purdy? Out. Nope. I think I am too. Or if I, I, if I, I am, am if I am, it's everything's quick. It's moving the pocket. It's making sure that he is not going to get murked up because Jalen Moore couldn't hang with whoever the edge rusher was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. I kind of like, I don't know. I kind of want Brock Purdy to, like, I would want Brock Purdy to take a hit before the season starts. Like, not obviously you don't want to, like, subject him to injury, but, like, just reacclimate him to like what that feeling is like. So yeah, he's not going into the season, like having an off season where he wasn't touched. And now, you know, TJ Watts beating Colton McKibbins (laughs) like a drum and, and Purdy's like spooked because he hasn't gotten hit. So, yeah, I think, I think one in this game and then maybe two or three in the next one series. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I kind of think it would be, I think we're more likely to get starters in this game, this week two game, than the week three game. I think the week three game might mm. just be all backups. Interesting. Okay. 
I'm not sure though, but I, I, if I were to guess, I would say play the starters, maybe even including Trent Williams, just because like you, like if you need to get Brock Purdy reps, which I think they probably do just play Trent for Mm -hmm. a couple series. Like obviously don't do stuff. That's, I mean, it's tricky, but I would, I would play the starters, including Trent Williams and Brock Purdy for a series or two. Yeah. And then just have backups only in the third preseason game. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if I think, man. But if they do play Jalen Moore instead of Trent Williams and and Brock Purdy, I would be like, (laughs) yeah, that'd be dicey. That'd be dicey. I don't love that. Just bubble screen handoff, bubble screen hand. Like yeah, seriously, like RPO. if you're gonna take it, if you're gonna take a <laughs> shot, make it off play action, like a deep right. drop play action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when you don't have a tight end on a defensive end, <laughs> play yeah. action play. Maybe throw that play out for now. <laughs> Save that one. Yeah, I think as long as he gets on the field, yeah, like you said, maybe get get the feeling of getting knocked around a little bit. Yeah, you obviously don't want him to get hurt, but you don't want like the idea of actual football to be foreign until we <laughs> Sure. Sure. Anyways. Anything I have nothing else? else to say about this second preseason game. I I want I mean 49ers I'm... favored by three and a half. Do they cover? I just <laughs> I don't know if they're actually favored by three and a half. Hard for me to bet on them after uh after that Raiders preseason game. But no, I I want to see pissed. I want to see like it would be great for Trey Lance to come out and like just really be decisive and really make some good throws. Yes. And like hit the top of his drop and let it rip and not hesitate. And I would like three touchdowns in the second half and look really sharp, complete 70 percent of his throws. It's probably not going to happen, but I wish it would. And then I want everyone to be like, then I want to see what the conversation is, because I think nationally it would be like, are we sure the Niners should just roll with Brock Purdy and not have right. Trey Lance compete? Right. Like it's going to like, if he plays well, it would just swing so wildly the other direction and point out just how absurd this whole thing is. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think the most reasonable expectation is that Trey Lance is never going to be good until he actually does get like a full sample size, a full season as a starter. And then we could at least yeah. see. Yeah. He know, needed game. He needed game reps, not practice reps. Yeah. So and he's got anyways. rust to shake off. He sure does. And he was not. He hadn't caught up to the NFL yet anyways. Yeah. So lots of work for him to do. Hopefully he gets the opportunity to, to get that work sooner rather than later. Subscribe, rate, review to Candlestick Chronicles. If you've not already done that, tell your friends. We appreciate those subscriptions and those downloads. It's what allows us to continue doing this shout out to cooperage visit cooperagebrewing.com shout out to our guys at lamb chops sglambchops.com promo code candlestick 20 and we will let you know when cooperage has that candlestick chronicles dropping it's coming soon in time for football season talk to you next time yeah